Like if you're going to be random, why isn't your website xy189-3.com? Your marketing strategy is carefully planned. So why do you leave your phone number up to chance? Like, why does that matter? But your number doesn't. You're listening to Personal Injury Mastermind, where we give you the tools you need to take your personal injury practice to the next level. We've all seen or heard vanity phone numbers and easy to remember phone numbers in jingles and on billboards. But do they really work? Let's find out. So I'm from Carbondale, Illinois, and there was this jingle that I heard consistently back when I attended college there. So it was call 549-5326, Quattro's Deep Pan Pizza, I haven't heard that for years, but it still lives rent-free in my mind. If you can recall a phone number a day or decades later, vanity phone number, it's well worth the investment. Today's guest is Paul Faust, nationally recognized phone number marketing expert and president at RingBoost, and we are thrilled to have him back for a second time. We get into brand consistency across marketing channels, including your phone number, and building a fulfilling existence by beefing up your life resume. We also get into mapping out your life so that your life won't plan you. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. We help elite personal injury attorneys dominate first page rankings with search engine optimization. Being at the forefront of marketing is all about understanding people. So let's get to know our guest. Last time Paul was on the show, he took us through getting a custom phone number. Here he is with a TLDR on why your firm needs a vanity number. God, I love answering this question. There's so many answers. And whether you use a vanity number or just an easy dial pattern, because vanity tends to mean words like day rankings versus easy patterns. So I give you all these reasons which we're going to get into. The best answer I give people is let's make it a shorter conversation and say, why not? Like, forget why, which we could talk about. Why not? You, as a law firm owner, chose your name, chose your domain, chose your tagline, chose your logo, chose what area of law you want it to be in. And my guess is most lawyers probably put up a bunch of paint swatches in the office to pick the color of paint in their office. You did all those things where you picked, and then you said, you know what, phone company, just throw me the next seven off the pile. I don't care what it is. And to me, that's insane when you have the option to choose. Why not make it easier for people to remember you? Whether it be your mass marketing, your radio, your TV billboard, they pop on a landing page and their eye just catches that number or forget, what about the guy that doesn't market? Somebody's out at a party and goes, hey man, I need a lawyer. Oh, you gotta call my buddy, Chris Dreyer. What's his number? I don't know. Now they go online to look up Chris Dreyer because I was in a motorcycle accident, but I know Chris Dreyer. And then all of a sudden, because someone's really good at SEO, there's an ad that says, Michigan's best motorcycle lawyer, never lost a case. You don't think I might call that guy too? So it's just a tool. It's, a, it's an arrow in the quiver. And why not have it? Paul, I think your example is about the best example you could make on the Chris Dreyer because there's an attorney, Chris Dreyer. And many people think I'm an attorney. I'm not an attorney, right? So I, I guarantee that probably happens to me today. What if somebody goes to look up Chris Dreyer because somebody told them about you, they didn't know your phone number, so they had to go online and they see a better ad. They see someone who outspent you or they did call you 
and your intake isn't good because having a great number is one component, but you better make sure your intake is good. And so I called you and I left a message, God forbid. And then I said, you know what? That ad looks cool too. Let me call that guy. So all I'm saying is, look, I spent a fortune on digital marketing and social media. I believe in it. But if somebody finds you another way, why not make it easy to just get you on the phone? Because every lawyer I've ever met, I said to him, if somebody gets you on the phone, are they hiring you? And they say, absolutely, because I'm convinced I'm on the right guy. I'm empathetic and I'm going I'm to get that case. So why not make it easier to reach you? Make every part of reaching you easier. And that's what I'm about. That's all. I'm, it's about voice interaction, communication. My tool just happens to be the phone number. What's kind of your thought here on the value of the area code? right? So they'll say a 618 or a, a 314 in St. Louis versus an 800 or an 888. You know, where do they come into play? Is that something that's overvalued as the local area code? You know, what's your thoughts there? It depends. Okay. I'm a fan of, of all types of numbers. I think if you are a local St. Louis attorney, that is your market. That is what you own. You better have a 314 number because it says I'm local. That doesn't mean you shouldn't also have a good toll-free because what happens when there's a storm and the phone company goes out and your 314 goes down? Well, if you have a good toll-free, you might be able to say reroute it to my cell. So I've had that situation where because I, I house numbers and there's a local problem, we can quickly reroute the number to a different call center. So I recommend both. But if you are that 314 lawyer, you own St. Louis, and you you want to appear local. Now, five years from now, might not give you the same answer. More and more people are moving, keeping their cell phones, keeping their number, and some will always be there. 212, you're going to want a 212 number if you're New Yorker. 312 Chicago, some of the area codes that just everybody knows, they're going to hold their you know 305 Miami but we don't know in five years. What if you operate not in St. Louis, but you cover statewide? You got five offices. Well, do I want to just be a 314 guy when somebody across the state goes, yeah, I don't want to hire same St. Louis, Missouri uh, attorney. I want to hire a guy in you know Branson, Missouri or something like that. I don't know why I just made an accent up when I said Branson. Um, so in that case, you might want a good toll free. So there isn't a perfect answer to the question. Yeah. And so I think you segue here really nicely on talking about, you know, the different numbers and things. And I wanted to tell the audience my experience that I had with you recently. So I, you know, I got excited. I want to continue to develop my brand. So I'm like, I need a phone number. It's time. Get a phone number, Chris. So I contact you. I'm like, Hey, you got anything for rankings? And you're like, yeah, yeah. 888 rankings. <laughs> I'm like, amazing. Right. So back and forth, you send me the contract over the weekend. I appreciate the access there. And, and just so how quickly you got to me. And I pull the trigger, I buy it. And, and then like, I contact my director of finance and he's like, wait a minute, that's not seven digits, right? 888. And then I start counting and I, and I like pride myself on math. And, and <laughs> so I'm like, all right, wait, that's eight. Oh my goodness. Is it ranking? Did I just pay, you know, seven yeah. figures for ranking? And so I start freaking out a little bit because look, as a CEO, as a business owner, we all light money on fire at some point, whether it's a bad hire, a bad marketing decision, whatever it is, we, we light money on fire. But I'm like, did I really just light you know, X amount of money in five minutes on fire? And so all these things are going through my head, like I'm the biggest idiot. And I message you like kind of just word jarble. And I imagine that you are just used to this. Right? So then I start going through my head. Okay. 
who are all the vanity phone numbers that I know? And I had this light bulb moment. And Mike Morris, if you're listening, you've done a great job of this. 855, you know, Mike wins. M-I-K-E-W-I-N-S. I'm like, wait, he has eight digits too. So you can get more than seven digits. Let's explain this because our audience probably doesn't know this and they probably are trying to pick numbers just in that seven digits. If you can get a perfect seven digit dial, flowers, it's real great. It's the best option, obviously, if you can just be pure. In toll free, unlike local. So this is very different because I've seen people do this in local and it's a mistake. In toll free, in almost all cases, if you dial over seven digits, the call just goes through. It ignores what else you're pressing. Allstate insurance, I don't know, 50, $100 million ad budget, 888 Allstate. I've seen 877-TD Ameritrade. And the longest one I ever heard was 1-800-ROYAL-CARIBBEAN. They actually wrote that number. I almost passed out. So the answer is, if we could find the perfect seven digit, awesome. But you can use that eighth digit, maybe ninth, to get Mike wins. You know, Mike Morris, who's crushing it in marketing. Yeah, he wanted Mike wins, not Mike win. The easiest way to explain it instead of talking about technology is saying companies that are spending 50, $100 million a year in their ad budgets are doing it. You're okay. It works. There's a lot of things to think about when you pick a number and a lot of mistakes people make. I try and think of numbers like we want easy spellings. We don't want, is it the I before E except after C? Um, like, Keep it simple, quick memory, easy to spell. So you, you told me this experience of this individual that wanted this one number, and then he asked for a second one, and it was the exact same. So maybe you can just relate to our audience that story. Somebody wants a number, um, and I don't remember the exact number. And numbers, if you look at a keypad, you know, two is A, B, C, you know, three is D, yeah. So a number can spell more than one thing. So, you know, somebody wanted, I'll just make up a story. Somebody wanted like 1-800-MOVE-NOW, and they also wanted MOVE-NOVEMBER. Let's just make it up. Well, mm-hmm. NOV, NOW is the same. So it's 1-800-MOVE-NOW-TODAY. It's 1-800-MOVE-NOW-NEVER. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, so I'm like, yeah, I can get you both numbers. And it was almost like I was like, you can? You can get them both? I'm like, oh, yeah, I can get both for you. And they're like, no way. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, because it's the same number. Super excited to have the phone number. It's really easy to remember. And I think all, there's all these practical brand applications and, and just uh, we're all trying to be memorable to some degree and stand out. What are the, some of the ways that you see attorneys using a branded phone number? You know, I, I of course, see the billboard I and radio. You know, are there any other interesting things that you just see, you know, like really smart applications? Or is it just, hey, every time you're using a logo, there's the phone number too? Uh, yes, you've got hit some of them, radio, TV, billboards. Uh, you'll see a firm like Altman, Nussbaum, Shinara up in Boston. They've wrapped cars, Uber and Lyft cars, and it says, call me boss, and they've got their number on it. Now those vehicles become rolling billboards, you know, whether it be taxi tops, even landing pages, even pay-per-click ads, people have put their number in, and the eye just catches the good number. One thing I love when lawyers do, if you could do it in your market, is create a jingle around the number. People will just, you know, jingles are catchy. You know, we all know the ones from you know, our youth. So create a fun jingle around the number. You could even run a whole fun social media campaign in your market where you have prizes and you let the community either A, hey, come up with a new jingle for us. And and all you got to do is post you and your friends singing your version and put it online and tag us. And we're going to pick a winner and send you to the, you know, the Celtics game. Or 
if you have a jingle, say we're having a contest, who could sing our jingle the best? And now all of a sudden, if you do it right, you might get a bunch of frat kids and sorority kids and people singing your jingle. What is that? As you know, from a digital marketing perspective, that's social media, that's presence. Maybe it goes viral on TikTok. So jingling a number, the interesting about picking a number, and I always tell people besides how to use it, because it's unlimited, is also when you think about a number, it doesn't have to be call Chris. It could be your name. It could be your brand. Yours just happened to be perfect because it's rankings.io. So it could be your name, first thing. It could be your business name. It could be what you do, like SEO help. So, or it could just be something that ties into what you do. So your rankings.io, but maybe you want like everything in your marketing is in marketing is we get you on the first page, the first page, first page, first page. And then you want the number to be first page. So it could be tied into a tagline, a branding concept, what you do, your industry. It could just, you know, if you're a lawyer, it could just end in hurt. Could be we fight. It could be Mike wins. So there's a lot of creative ways to think about the right number. What I always tell people to do is don't say, if you're a lawyer, I'm the pit bull, I'm the pit bull, I'm the pit bull, I'm the pit bull, call me at we fight. If you can say you're the pit bull, you're the pit bull, you're the pit bull, call me a pit bull. Like tie things in together so there's a consistency to brand. Uh, that's, you know, in one aspect. So, and then I also have lawyers that use four or five or six numbers because they have different campaigns. One might be their main brand, but then they might be going after a mass tort or they might be going after you know, storm damage. And there could be a separate number for that campaign. So there's so many different ways to use the number to drive more voice interaction. Easy to remember phone numbers decrease the effort on your potential client, making it easier for them to choose your firm over the competition. The easy to remember number is all about getting sticky in someone's mind. And what I'm thinking is I'm driving a car. No, very few people are consciously listening to the radio. We're looking at the road, we're kind of talking to people in the car. I just want it to stick in my ear. We can't decide how consumers reach us, right? Some are gonna to wanna to reach me on TikTok. Some are gonna to wanna to reach me on my website. Some are gonna to wanna to call. So I wanna make the tools easier to get them in the door. And all I'm trying to do is tag them. Now there are other issues in radio. Some people buy radio and they buy by station and, we, and they might want tracking numbers, which I understand, don't always agree with by the way, but I- Or do I, let's go into that in a moment. Yeah, we, we <laughs> can talk about it. And it's okay, then let's get you a couple better tracking numbers. And then once you identify the station, and the time part, then let's switch to the memorable because I have to, I got to play the game with everybody, even though I don't always agree with it. So there's ways to play it, but don't just be random. Like if you're going to be random, why isn't your website xy189-3.com? Like, why does that matter? But your number doesn't. The internet's changed, right? And where people congregate and how you can track has changed. Obviously, we want data the purpose of data is to make good decisions for ROI. And sure, when you're doing things like direct response, you know, pay-per-click landing pages, maybe you want dedicated custom tracking numbers, which, which we can argue against too, right? Versus just continuing to pound the, the brand. I think the thing that we all know is individuals their buyer behaviors changed, right? They maybe first do a Google search or hear you on the radio, then they do a Google search, then they go check out your reviews, then they go to social media. 
So if you try to isolate where the lead came from, it's all over the place because they've had all these experiences. So one of the things that I'm a big believer in, and Chris Walker talks about this on his demand gen show is on that contact form, just put, you know, how did you hear about us? So let them tell you how they think they heard and explain it. Oh, I was talking to this guy and then I went to Google, then I did this. And over time, you'll, you'll really uncover a lot of information to help you make decisions. Agree with you completely. The first goal of my marketing isn't tracking. The first goal of my marketing is to get new clients. Tracking is a secondary benefit that I want to do so I can identify better marketing. But, you know, let's run, you know, 15 different radio spots with 15 terrible numbers. You can track every one, even though there's no calls. Like, let's get the clients in and figure out how to back up the tracking. And I'm not saying tracking is not important. I believe in it. But the first goal is to get the interaction. Once I get the client, I could try and figure out how they heard about me because ultimately it's like 1-800-Flowers. I ask most people if they know the number, they say yes. And I say, where'd you see their ad? And I just know it because they get you everywhere. There's only one media where I understand the argument and that's the, there's some media that people buy where it's pay for call. So I'm running a bunch of direct response commercials. I only pay the station if the phone rings. So in those cases, they have to use a tracking number. And then my answer is, okay, still don't let it be seven random numbers. Let's make it a good number. So at least you have a better shot of driving in the call you want. I completely agree. I just think, you know, a lot of our clients, a lot of the personal attorneys are listening, you know, they're using call rail, they're using like dynamic ad insertion where it's flipping out numbers here and there. And I just think that the information that you receive, the reason you track this is to then use that information to make a good decision. And it's flawed from what we're talking about. That's the first thing that people kind of lean to is like, yeah, you're doing your goal tracking on Google Analytics. Well, that's flawed as well. So I think that our audience just needs to be aware of that. And it sounds like you're on the same page as me there. You know, I I wanted to kind of change over because I was was really curious about this. And I've seen you post a lot on Facebook, Paul, and and, uh, you talk about Jesse Itzler and kind of how he's made an impact on your life. How did you meet Jesse? How has he affected you? How in, in terms of your growth as Paul, as a human being? Okay, awesome. So I had known Jesse when I was back in college. We weren't friends, but he had come, he was, I think, American. And I was at University of Maryland. He would come down. So I knew of him and we hung out a few times in you know the group. We didn't really know each other well. About five years ago, I find he's got a website called We Do Hard Stuff, which was a, just a social media group to get people working out and back in shape. And I did that. And then Jesse launched a, uh, a coaching business called BYLR, Build Your Life Resume. And I jumped in the first one. I'm like, you know what? Let me try this out. And it was really about how to live your life in all the buckets of your life, not money, not career, not athletics, how to be present in, in, in all areas of your life. And I jumped in the course. At the beginning, I was like, okay, whatever, whatever. And then I realized, you know what? Why don't you lean into this stuff as opposed to, you know, whatever. And I let, I leaned in to not just Jesse, but the community that he was building of people that were all trying to just live better. And I started to really take a deep dive into the lessons about time and remembering tomorrow and not having a zero day, which I put on my arm, no zero days. And it really just had me back up for a second to really think about how I'm living in terms of family, friends, love, charity, fitness, this complete wheel. 
And there were so many lessons that just hit me in a way that they were practical and real and anyone could do it. And I'll give you one that, you know, really hit me is I'm uh, turning 53. And so let, you know, Jesse gave the example of like, your parents don't live near you. So you see them, you know, once or twice a year, let's say twice a year, and your parents are 70. Okay, and maybe if you're lucky, you know, they, I don't know, they live to 80. Okay, and they're 70 and I see them twice a year. It's 20 more times, two times a year for 10 years, 20 times. So when you're there visiting your parents, like there's only 20 more of these. So be present, like when you put things in perspective like that, like, wow. It's not just a trip to see my parents. I got 20 more of these left, maybe. So there were just lessons that Jesse and the community taught that resonated with me. I, I stayed with the course for the first year. They opened up new courses. And then eventually he, he started bringing in coaches. And I said, you know, they brought me in. I was helping to coach people. The programs expanded, you know, the big ass counter club, build your life resume. And whether it's Jesse or Tony Robbins, or one of these other people, I just made me think about all the things I was doing that I don't need to chase being the richest guy in the room. I don't need to chase being the, the fittest guy in the room. I need to chase happiness. You know, my license plate is BYLR. Build your life resume. Not my paper resume, not how much money I make. I'm trying to build my life resume, where just people, if they know me, I've been a volunteer firefighter. I've run charities. I'm a businessman. I was, I, I was an actor on a show. If you called me right now and said, Paul, let's go dive with sharks. Okay. Like, I just want to live my life. And Jesse's program just hit me in a way that, that I never expected to be hit before and changed the way I look at life and the way I look at people. And it just made me happier and more fulfilled. And I just want to tell more people about it. And I always say, I wish I found this younger, but the reality is I wasn't ready. And I think that's that's what we're all striving for ultimately is to lead a happy life. Business is a part of it. I enjoy business. You enjoy business and that makes us happy. And But there's these other parts about being present with family and these moments that you have with your kids as they grow up or just different experiences. You know, and I was listening recently and I was kind of blown away. Rob Deerdick, who is the, uh, the guy that owns Ridiculousness. He's know, a client. Um, I didn't know that. And I went down a rabbit hole. I was blown away. He owns 60% of the airtime on MTV and he owns like 20 companies. But what blew me away about him is he has this thing called the, the human optimization where he tracks his time uh, to the minute so that he hits those buckets, the family, the work, uh, you know, uh, the education. And he's just, he's, he's utilizing his time. And, and the main thing that he talked about was utilizing it to be happy. And that's why, I think what Jesse's doing, what Rob's doing, I, I think this has, it's something that needs to be talked about more. Chris, I tell people that if I could do anything I want in this world, I would get hundreds of people like me. We would go to high schools and we would say, give us an office. You don't have to pay us. We'll come in three, four hours a day, open door, and let these kids come in and talk to us about stuff they're not teaching you, you know, of how to live this life. You know, there's so many lessons we see about, you know, the guy that, you know, that works, you know, 27 hours a day so he could be rich and so he could retire young and then enjoy his life and he has a heart attack or he dies of COVID or God forbid he was in the towers on 9-11. So many stories like you can't wait to do life later. We don't know what's going to happen. So there has to be a balance. Another coach, you know, someone that I met through BYLR, Chad Sanchagrin, who's got a cannibal moments, talks about, you know, a wheel. And if you take a wheel that rolls and you divide it into spokes 
and you say, you know, money, career, family, friends, cannibal almost life, and you fill in where you think you are. If you're not balanced, the wheel doesn't run. So you want to balance yourself. Great. You know, you're rich, but you got no friends. You have tons of friends, but you've had no life experiences. I think Jesse talked about on one of our calls, they interviewed X amount of wealthy people and they said, well, why'd you work so hard to make all this money? They said, well, because I wanted to I wanted to make money so I could spend time with family and friends and do whatever I want. And they said, great. What's your biggest regret? And they said, all the time I spent working that I wasn't with family and friends. So, you know, I never saw you all follow a hearse. Like, you're not taking it with you. So if you love the game of business, that's outstanding. But don't neglect your health. Don't neglect your family. Don't connect taking a walk. Like, I mean, I put it on my arm. It says no zero days. Just to remind myself, like, stop. You know, and that look, that doesn't mean that you don't have the 24-hour marathon work session because you got a project. That's okay. But you do that every day? For to what end? So you could say I have this big pile of money? Okay. That's just not the way I want to live. And once I figured it out, you know, with the help of the community and Jesse and other coaches, my life just became so much better. I cut out the negative. I stopped trying to, you know, to do things to impress people that don't matter to me. And I just start to live my life and realize that there's so much more to it. And you know what's even crazier, Chris? I, I give you my word. When I stopped focusing on it, I found more business opportunities. I got on more podcasts. More people wanted to work with me because I was not grinding. My head wasn't down. You know, I was open and, and, and it was amazing the, the way the world changed for me. When making a life plan, the short-term goals are fairly predictable. But as time marches on, the outcome can and often will change. To help keep track, Paul's implemented the Big S Calendar here that he explains how it can help plan your life before your life plans you. So it's looking at your life, looking at, you know, on a, on a weekly or monthly basis, say, okay, what are my immovable things? Okay, I, you know, I'm getting married on this date. Like that's, there's certain things that are, you know, that just have to happen. And you got to put those in there. And then, you know, things like we call them vitamins. So come up with like 10 things you love to do to just bring you joy. Take a walk, read a book, meditate. I don't know, go to the gym. What are things you spend time with your kids, the dog? Those are vitamins. They actually bring you life joy. Well, let's make sure we're getting some vitamins every day. You're not going to get 10 in every day, but be consciously aware of, you know, today is Tuesday. You're like, uh, this is a business thing. It's a podcast. I'm, I love it. But did I get any vitamins in yet today? So I want to make sure that I get some vitamins in my day, which are just things that I enjoy doing every day. Then I've got, you know, my work. So the Big Ass Calendar Club is really about taking BYLR to the next level and looking at our lives on a weekly, quarterly, monthly, annual basis. And you always make adjustments. Say, okay, what is, do I have a goal for the next three months? Do I have uh, my vitamins in? Do I have my immovables? So that was the Big Ass Calendar Club. It was really about let's plan our lives and not let our lives plan us. And then let's put some things on the calendar that are that are challenging. Let's put something on the calendar that we just get to do every few weeks with our friends and you know uh, go for a hike or, or have a trip. And when you start to map your life out a little bit, you start to accomplish more. And then you can look back and say, wow, I did so much more. The world just opens up to you. 
new opportunities arise. You find yourself in better shape, better relationships with your family. It was having a right mentor coach. And for me, it was Jesse and some others. And then it was the community of friends and people I met who all encourage each other, having accountability partners. In this community with Jesse, you can't fall down because as you get close to the ground, hands pop up to catch you. And uh, again, it's because it's how I live my life now, I've noticed a change in my business relationships. More people want to do business with me. More people want to be around me. More people want to bring me on their podcast. Like I just, I try to live an infectious life and help everybody else out. I talk about it in, in being in this industry with us. You could run in this industry and grab a lot of money. It's going to be a very short run for you. Play the long game, help people out, take care of people, you know, give people guidance, help a lawyer out when they're not going to be your SEO client. Tell a guy not to buy a number from you because he has a great number. I play the long game and it's all part of this lifestyle I'm trying to lead. I'm happier than I've ever been. Paul's mission is to build connections through voice, human to human contact in a world that is increasingly digital. And as he showed us today, a successful business requires more than tactical know-how. Take your vitamins and build the practice you want. No matter your firm size, a vanity number makes it easier for a client to find their way to you. I'd like to thank Paul Fowles from Ring Boost for sharing his story with us. And I hope you gained some valuable insights from the conversation. You've been listening to Personal Injury Mastermind. I'm Chris Dreyer. If you like this episode, leave us a review. We love to hear from our listeners. I'll catch you on next week's PIM with another incredible guest and all the strategies you need to master personal injury marketing.